your exclusive home of the D-backs. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Our weekly visit with the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've got a Knights Cactus League game tonight. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, Tori Lovello here on Burns and Gambo. Tori, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You know why? I got both you guys in the same place at the same time. There's, you guys can't run for me this week. How about that? First time in like three weeks, right? First time for the 2023 edition of the Tori Lovello show. You've got the both of us at the same time. I love it. I love it. I don't. Gamble was in Houston watching baseball games on his time off. I mean, like I, this guy's just base. He's savage. College he baseball, baby. He, College he, baseball he really in he's, Houston. He's just a, he's just a beast. He, he, I love he, it. He can't get enough. I did have a question for you though, since I'm I'm currently sharing the stage right now with two Italians. I, I noticed uh, Gambo <laughs> retweeted a moment ago that apparently Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic has an espresso machine in the dugout, and I'm just wondering if you, as a, a manager of Italian descent if, if you have similar plans this year because I think that's a great idea, Skip. <laughs> no? No, no, no. Uh, that's I the way to go. Fantastic idea. You, everybody needs a jolt every now and then. Yes. No how fast you I, your I think it's the way great to go. Idea. You know, if you order a coffee yeah, in I Italy, do. they give you an espresso, right? That's their call. Like you say, hey, I want to go on un cafe. You want a cafe, you get an yeah. espresso. That's what they give you. So you would not want a cafe yeah. americano. If you want an American coffee, you got to go cafe americano. If you just say, hey, can I have a cafe? Uh, they give you an espresso. So, but, oh, but is that, I mean, is that not Italian having an espresso machine in the dugout? It's a beautiful thing. I mean, Mike Piazza, he's taking it to the next level. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, so many things to get into. I, I was reading a story about how Zach Gallon was experimenting with trying to set it 12 seconds, hold the ball until three, try to make the, the hitter uncomfortable, waiting for the pitch. I, this, these rule changes are just absolutely fascinating to me. But let me start with yeah. that, the, the pitch clock. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but now that you're into spring training quite a bit, what are you seeing pitchers do with that pitch clock? Is everybody just getting getting the ball and getting rid of it quickly? Are they trying to use it to their advantage in any way? Yeah, I think so. I think early on we, we were really hyper-sensitive to it. Everybody, uh, the pitchers that hadn't had it before that were in the big leagues all year last year because it was used in AAA, uh, the coaching staff uh, that was here last year. But what I'm noticing is that it's it's not it's not an overrated um, a, 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 uh, feeling that we're all having. I think we expect it to be a lot more difficult or a lot more cumbersome or problematic than it actually is. There's there's normalcy to getting on the mound, delivering the baseball. It just eliminates a lot of the walking around, checking things in pocket, uh, aligning defenses. Those little small gaps of time that slow the baseball game down in between pitches is totally eliminated now. But I think it's very normal for the pitches, pitchers. I think what Zach Gallon was trying to do is just experiment. You know, it's his first time getting on the mound and getting that slope underneath his feet and throwing, throwing the ball downhill. So that, on top of getting a feel for what the pitch clock felt like, um, was one of the reasons why I think he might have not had a typical Zach outing. Now, on top of that, I think he was trying to manipulate the clock, get, get a good feeling for how I can take advantage of certain situations and follow the rules, and those rules are still very clearly defined, but I know Zach is very cerebral and he wants every advantage he can get. Could, could Mike Hargrove have played in today's day and age in baseball? Oh my God, do you remember that? Oh, he, he and Randley, right? He would take off his batting gloves, no more Garcia Parra, same thing. No <laughs> way, it would be impossible. Um, so I feel bad for some of these pitchers when we were doing it in spring, uh, early in spring training with our live VPs. 
you step off the mound for one second, knock the dirt off your spikes or, or grab the rosin bag and take too long doing it, it's going to be a ball. So there is a way to do it. You got to step down. You, you, you can't you can't mix up your timing. You got to do it quickly. Get back in on the rubber and let it go. But no chance some of these guys would ever go out there be able to do it from the old days. Tori Lavello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. There, there's still a lot to parse through with the rule changes and everything. But I I, I got to. This is more of a commentary than a question. I, I was at a game about a week ago, and I was expecting to see awkwardness. I was expecting to see a little bit of everybody trying to get used. to to it and it, 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 I didn't notice any of that at all. It, it just felt like a somewhat fast-paced baseball game in which nobody was really struggling with it. Do you think that speaks to the experience level that a lot of the players have with it, given that over half of them have played with rules like this during their time in the minors? Yeah, I think it'll be a little advantage to teams like us that have had a lot of players performing between AAA and the big leagues last year. Um, and, I, and I agree with you. Um, I feel very strongly that if you get into the rhythm of it, uh, it wears off and it becomes a novelty. It was a challenge early, it still is, but the game runs very efficiently. You know, you're looking at two hour and 20 minute, two hour and 35, 40 minute games, max. And, uh, I think that's what baseball should be. I think it should be a game where guys get up there and perform, and all all the, the, the small things that go on in between pitches, we can eliminate those. I I felt very strongly that we would get into a rhythm. I was very hypercritical of it because I wanted to aim high and be critical, hypercritical of it um, from a standpoint of us getting used to it. And then we can subtract from there. I didn't want to just kind of poo-poo it and then have to add in. I believe in doing a lot, pulling back. So Bill Velasquez, AAA manager, said to me, Troy, I promise you the game's going to run the same and you won't even notice it after about two weeks. And that's about where I am right now. Troy Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. So you've got Alec Thomas in the World Baseball Classic. You've got Merrill Kelly. You've got Cattell Marte. I know there are others throughout the organization as well. For you as the manager of the Diamondbacks, how much, I don't want to call it babysitting because it's not that, but how? What, what, what do you have to do in terms of suggestions for the players or for Mark DeRosa or for any of the managers of any of the players of the World Baseball Classic when it comes to treating your guys with the appropriate amount of competition and care at the same time? Yeah, it's a very fair ask, and it's a huge concern for us. Um, while they're going off to represent their countries, and they should be very proud of that. We're proud of that for them. Uh, they're here for one reason, one reason only, and that's to play baseball for the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is just going to be a couple-week detour where they go out and represent their countries. But the long term, uh, this is this is where they belong, and this is this is who they are. They are Arizona Diamondbacks. So we lay the ground rules down a little bit. We you know we hand the pitching schedule off to Mark DeRosa uh, for Merrill Kelly. He followed that yesterday. It was four and fifty eight or four and sixty pitches. Perfect. Um, so, and at the end of the day, we got to be mindful of where they're at health wise, what they've been handling, what they've been used to, and we want to put them into the, into a comfortable situation. You know, micromanaging possibly, but we want to let them play within the boundaries of who they are and what they're capable of doing and utilizing the strengths to go out there and help our country with baseball games. All right. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is just the, the ability to throw over only where well, you could throw over three times to first base, right? But if, mm. but if, if you don't get them on the third time, does he advance? Yeah, so um, you get two free ones, and on the third one, you better get them, or it's going to be a boss. Okay, so there's a lot of there's a lot of nuances that are, that go in, go on inside of that. You know, create a distraction after two pickoffs, and 
how to how to draw throw over maybe a false break i think you're going to see a lot of baseball teams false breaking so we're budgeting for that we are trying to make sure our pitchers don't come out of that set position and fall for a false break especially left-handed pitchers there's going to be a lot of working parts to it and i think certain teams are going to try and take advantage of you've got catchers with good arms Uh, do you Mm -hmm. anticipate i was thinking about this when we were out there last week and talking with some of the guys i just wonder if you get to the point where i want to keep that runner, most teams are going to hold that third one and not use it. Um, but mm-hmm. he, could you get to the point with pitch outs or having the catcher throw down? Is that too risky? Mm-hmm. You know, the ball could get into right field. I'm just trying to think if there's a way to try to keep that runner close by using the catcher. Or is that crazy? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, for sure. You you get unlimited back picks from catchers. We feel like a way to hold runners close after they're in their secondary. Um, we're going to really become efficient with one pickoff. We we don't want to have somebody lobbing the ball over there unless they need to step off or kind of regroup themselves from a pitching standpoint. We want to we want to utilize our best move right now right away so we're still working on that we've got a whole menu we've got a, we've got a toolbox full of stuff bottom line is we got guys that we want to make sure they're going to make pitches they're going to they're not going to get distracted by the black noise that's one of our beliefs let's slow down the running game let's make sure the pitchers aren't distracted by it go out there and let them execute and throw over when they can okay now that's the defensive side for you guys the offensive side is man you got a lot of guys that put pressure on defenses with the speed how can you use that to your advantage to disrupt the pitcher with the speed that you guys have on the base paths yeah, we're still putting that together. You're right. We were already a really good stolen base team. Right? We've got super fast runners, and we all know what that looks like. I don't need to go over the names. We had guys that were just lighted up last year. Uh, we feel like this is going to give us a little bit more of an edge with the bigger base, a smaller distance between two two points, uh, limited throwovers, and we're just going to gather information and data and then continue to push it forward. We don't know what teams are going to do. We've got to kind of let that hand play out and see what's going on. Once we get the, the data and the tape, we're going to review it, and then we're going to explain what teams are doing. Certain teams, certain organizations, they don't care about it. Certain teams are very good at holding runners. We want to hold runners all the time, 90 feet are precious. But once we identify the times to run and the organizations that we can run on, we're going to take full advantage of it. Troy Lavello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I'm guessing you're not going to like this very much, but I'm, I'm just curious because I know we still have a few weeks before the regular season starts. Of all of your young starting pitching, the, the ones that we saw last year during the regular season and, and now into spring, is there somebody that has stood out to you above the others? Is there one where you've been, wow, man, look at what that guy's doing? And I know you don't like to single anybody out, but I'm just curious if at any point in this time, have you seen a guy where you're going, wow, look at what that guy's doing? That's pretty good. (laughs) I think at different points in time, they've all done it where I've just walked away shaking my head. You know, it's a it's a three two slider from from Dre Jameson that uh, is unexpected and is a wipeout swing and miss. It's you know, Ryan Nelson with a high fastball that he's thrown by somebody. It's Brennan Fogg with a two pitch combination. It's a f- four pristine innings from Tommy Henry. Um, so in his last outing. So I think they've all had great moments. They've all had learning moments. And we still haven't made a decision as to which direction we're gonna go in. We just know we have some really good young pitchers in this in this camp. And that's what's coming. It's percolating from underneath and it's 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 been it's been a few years since this, something like this has been happening. We knew that these kids were there, but they're developing and they're ready for the next step. When and how and who, we haven't quite figured that out yet. Well it's been a few years or a few decades since we've seen a seen a really good bullpen here. Cash 
Castro, Martinez, Vargas, Scott. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers. I mean, their numbers in the spring have been absolutely brilliant. I mean, you've got to be really, really happy with what you're seeing out of some of your bullpen arms right now. Of course. Um, I love swing and miss. Uh, Brent Strom has b- brought a very particular, very particular pitching style, pitching belief here. You know, it's aggressive fastballs all over the zone. Um, it is wipeout secondary stuff. And I, I go back to the, the last game of the World Series where I think Presley came in and got the last five outs to help the Astros win the game. If you can remember and go back, I think it was second and third and one out in the eighth inning, and he struck out two batters to get out of that jam. Those are strikeouts. That is somebody that just has the stuff, um, not just necessarily fastball, but secondary stuff to get some swing and miss. And then he went out and struck out, I think, the side in the ninth. So that has been, been a big, important play for Strami. His DNA is all over this pitching staff, and I think good things are, are set to come for us this year. Jory, we appreciate the time, as always. Glad to have everybody back together again. We'll do it again next Friday, okay? I'll look forward to it, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, got Tori Lavello joining us on the Burns and Gambo Show here on the Arizona Sports Line.